what's uniquely yours. Isn't this a wonderful way to start this episode of the World of Work podcast of the WOW? As we continue to explore, what are some tips, what's some advice we can provide for those who may be looking for, for a job at the moment? In the previous episode, it was all about how to manage transitions and how important that is. And now we go a little bit more into the depth and into the detail on what to do, what are the can-dos, you should-dos, and absolutely the must-dos. Uh, when you are ready to face the job market once again. And figuring out what's uniquely yours sounds like a really, really great place to to start and to consider. But before we do that, a quick introduction regarding the guest speaker of today's episode. So I'm joined by Karen, Karen Viering. She's a global HR business leader in the pharma and the biotech industry. She has lived and worked in the USA and various locations across Europe. And in the course of her almost 30 years career, she has led, lived through and experienced herself downsizings and reorganizations numerous, numerous times. And, and I've asked Karen before actually kicking it off, why is it that she wanted to take part of this uh, podcast? Because I had seen a lot of this. I have lived it myself. I've experienced it either because I was being relocated or um, I lost my job. Um, I've led consultations and I think over the years I may have had hundreds of conversations with people in, in this particular context. So that's why I think there's probably some lessons that I would love to share with the audience. I thank you for, for your time and for your contribution, which I'm sure many people will value. Um, because the purpose is actually, you know, to make these conversations uh, as real as possible as well, you know, and as authentic, as genuine and as practical so that uh, people can walk away with some, you know, some, some gems and some, some, or even some inspirations of particularly what they can do in these moments if their job, you know, has been um, impacted and, and there's no one magic solution or one magic bullet. But what would you say to those individuals like right now who, who have lost a job, are, are struggling and, and, and don't even know where to start? What, what, would you, what would you tell them? What would you recommend? Maybe a, a little bit of a step back what I will bring to the table will be a combination of these experiences, right? And like having lived them as HR, as a manager, and I'll weave all of that into, into hopefully what's pragmatic um, suggestions. What I would say is, you know, it's important that you take stock. What is it that you bring to the table? What are the achievements that you have made over the course of a period of time what's the impact and can you quantify that you know how can you express that it's important that you start thinking about what your unique experiences are your unique skills where is it that you're at your best what might be the circumstances for that what is it that you've learned what are the lessons you have accumulated? What is it that you're proud of? And, and, and what, what is it that you want to do next? And, and this one maybe might be hard, right? Because if you're finding yourself on the crossroads, then it might be not 
entirely clear to you what it is that you that you want to do next. Um, I've done some coaching certification and a an, um, tool that I find useful is that you can kind of say yes or no to certain things. So you can brainstorm a little bit with yourself and say, what would I want to say yes to in terms of tasks? Um, what would be some of the things that I would say no to? Um, what about you know the culture, the manager, the context? Um, so that you know you start building what that next horizon looks like a little bit from the ground up. And if it's very clear to you what it is that you want to do, then you're maybe already a step further ahead in the process, right? Would you see this as as well an opportunity to, uh, like you were saying before, like to step back and really reflect as well? Of course, your past, what you've done, what you've achieved, what your passions are, and also, like you were saying, you're looking in the future, determining what is the yes and what's the no. What are those things that, exactly because of the past, you say, mm, now I'm, you know, I, even if it may be a difficult situation economically, you know, because that's another important component, right? If, if your job has been impacted and that, has an impact on your finances, of course, I think that it, that does require perhaps a different uh, reflection and conversation. But, um, but it does sound like it's, it's a, a thoughtful process. It's not an immediate type of... Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm like, people are different and some need more, some need less time. Uh, dependent upon how you are feeling as a result of, you know, the process, where are you in it? And does it come as a relief or does it come as a shock or is it something that you're grieving over? The answers might be different, right? I, I do think that how much time you need will be, de will be dependent upon all of that. Um, mm -hmm. But I do think that, or I very strongly believe and suggest that it's better to go with what is right for you than to go with the first that presents itself. I think there's a very big difference there. Um, you know, is it, is, it, is it what you want? Is it the company that you want? Is it the context that you want? The industry? Um, that, that would be, yeah, because if, if you're in your sweet spot, whether it's role, whether it's context, um, it will be so much easier for you on the job as well, right? And it will be so much more, wow, <laughs> with so much joy. Right, that's what it's about, exactly, exactly. And how would you say people can find that sweet spot? I had um, a manager at, um, at Pfizer and I was struggling at Pfizer because I had come from a very different, culturally very different organization. Um, his name is Phil Sleeman. And if Phil would listen to this, he may recognize this story. Um, Phil had an incredible knack um, of helping someone find both what they're good at um, and what helped them or what you know, what would make them trip up or what their own personal hurdles were. Um, one of the things that Phil talked about is what's uniquely yours. 
Um, and I always, I, I love this expression, right? What's your, what's uniquely yours? Um, and, and try to, try to find what that is. What's, what's your value proposition? Um, in HR, I will sometimes ask when people come and interview, what's, you know, why should I hire you as opposed to Lise or John, who are maybe also very qualified? Um, what is it that sets you apart? So, so I, I think, you know, to reflect on that, to ask people that know you well or that have insight, um, but also to really think about when are you in, in, in flow, when are you at your best, um, and to think not only about, you know, the what of, of that, what is it that you do, but the context, the circumstance, um, I, I think that that could be helpful. Sounds like, like we owe him some copyrights on that expression. <laughs> What's uniquely yours, wasn't it? And uh, oh, we could have him as well as a guest one day in these, in these wow moments. Um, and I completely agree with you, by the way, you know, when we're on the other side, you know, recruiting or interviewing candidates for roles, uh, of course, we do look into the qualifications, we do look into the experience, we look at all of that, but we also do look at differentiation. What is it about John versus Mary uh, versus Steve versus Laura that, that really makes them uh, unique in their own way and most appropriate as well for the context within which uh, somebody's being hired. Because to your point, and I think perhaps that would also be an important call out is, you know, for individuals not to feel frustrated if, you know, they are unique, everybody is, they have an amazing value proposition, they think they're the best ever for that job, and yet they don't take it, they don't get it. And often it's probably because of the context or probably because the culture or the fit may not be the best fit. What, what, what would you say to, to, to that? the importance of the right fit, like you were mentioning before. Critical. I'm, I'm like, it, it will be the difference between doing a job and enjoying a job, right. uh, between being and thriving in a way, right? Um, as HR, if, if, if it's someone who is on paper perfect, but not the right fit, I would recommend not hiring because it's going to be a short-term proposition. And as a candidate, an employee, it's the same. I'm like, you're, you're entering to a degree into a marriage. And if already from the start, it doesn't click, then it's going to be short-lived, right? So for me, it's, it's critical. Um, in, in every way. And you alluded to something else a little bit um, in, your, in your question, Paula, and I thought you were going to ask me something else. Um, what if you see a job and you really want it and you don't get it? Um, then, then how do you recover in a way, right? I'm like, and if this happens a couple of times, 
how do you recover? I thought you were going to ask me that. That is a very um, important question. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's how to manage these frustrations, which do happen along the way, right? That things may not pan yeah. out the way you want them to. What would you say to yeah. that, actually? And, and this has happened uh, to me. And, and I really wanted that job. And I probably wanted it too badly. Uh, because you, there, you, I think there, there's also something as being too eager. Um, so, so or, or come across as too desperate. Um, so I would always say, you know, whatever the situation, if this would happen to you and you're so eager and you so want it, try to find some balance before you go into the interview and don't overwhelm the counter. Way, right so yeah i'm like this sounds maybe funny but 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 someone like me that could happen so um how do you then recover from that um in in my case um i got a lot of support from from others uh others being both colleagues but family um who who knew who could feel that I that I was deeply disappointed and who helped me, um, and I and I had to I had to grieve because it was like oh I really wanted it, and I allowed myself you know I had I had uh, two hours of crying and I allowed myself to try and get it out of my system, um, but I I also used it as a moment to really think about okay. I thought it was really right and I really wanted it. And what was or what wasn't? Because clearly, um, you know, it's I felt it was right, but but the other party didn't. Um, and what was it that if I would do it over again, that I would do differently? Um, you know, didn't I do enough of my homework? Were there certain things that um you know that i didn't approach in the right way or was it simply not the right fit in which case then truly you know it's for the better right but but i use it also as an an opportunity um to really yeah reflect and think and then get ready for the next exactly <laughs> for bouncing back and, and i'm wondering did you use that as a as an opportunity not only to do your own reflections but also to ask for feedback because sometimes when things don't go the right way and then we you know we get the bad news saying sorry we didn't choose you um and sometimes we don't take that opportunity to kind of say well why not you know could you tell me the three things you liked about me or the three things that perhaps would have worked really really well in this role and the, and the other three things or that one thing that really made the difference did you did you take that opportunity to ask the question would you even recommend that some candidates ask for feedback if they get a negative response yeah the answer is yes um you take the opportunity to ask for input and feedback um you may not always get as much as you would want that's that's maybe you know that's that's been my experience and a little bit you know leading to as hr i would then say look i'm like i do think that you have a responsibility to give that feedback right i'm like if you care about 
an individual, a candidate, um, also as part of building your brand for that organization, um, I think it's your responsibility to give feedback, but it's not always that you get lots of or very deep feedback in a way. So, and sometimes, sometimes it's circumstantial, right? Um, and, and then that's just the way it is. Uh, but the answer is yes. Um, something else that came to my mind, if you're entering into a process and before there is a decision um, on, you know, are you progressing in the next step? Uh, what I have always liked as an HR that I practice as a candidate um, as well, because, you know, kind of linking the two things, that that is that after a conversation, I also share some of my thoughts on, you know, what I have perceived, right? What are some of the things that I've learned through this interview, uh, through this engagement? Um, in what way would, could I make a contribution? And, you know, what are maybe some of the things that I'm curious about? And then to express at the same time, either my interest, or if you're not interested, you know, that you also express the why not, because it could go either way, right? So, but I, I, I would also recommend that in the course of the process. Very valuable, definitely very valuable. And especially having this double perspective of being in HR as well and a candidate at the same time, I do tend to think we are very privileged in HR, although sometimes the function may not be perceived as, as um, um, the way we would like it to be perceived, let's put it this way. Um, but, but it has given us as professionals as well, valuable inputs of what not to do or what to do because we see in others our own reflections sometimes of our own mistakes or you know, what we can learn through others. If we stay a little bit on the HR topic and you put your HR hat on as a professional, as an executive HR uh, leader, once again, in these moments of uncertainty and, and uh, there are lots of rumor talks as well in moments of uncertainty. So let's say there's a, there's a rumor mill that starts spreading in the company about uh, redundancies or restructuring, et cetera. What would you, as an HR now, you know, as an HR professional and as, and as a leader, would you recommend that these employees speak up or speak to their managers or even go to HR? Would, would you recommend that they open up and, and kind of um, talk about it with the company, allow me that word, as opposed to only the corridor talks? I'll answer it, I'll answer it from two sides. So as, as HR and as a leader, I would always say, um, your responsibility is to continue to build trust, to be worthy of trust. And that comes with openness and transparency in my book. Um, so assuming that this is an environment that you work in, where this is indeed a value set that is being applied, then I would say to the employees, yes, right? I'm like, open up raise your questions, uh, bring them forward. If, if this is, you know, a good intent, caring organization, hopefully you will get straight answers. Um, of course, you know, you're an adult, then also expect to be treated like an adult, I would say. So look for the 
the clear answers and hopefully you also get the clear answers. Now, if this is not the situation that you find yourself in and there is no trust and it may give you more stress, then don't do it because, you know, then what's the value, I would say, right? Uh, but normally I, I would say yes. Um, towards HR, but also towards the manager. So even though I say, yes, be open and transparent, um, I would also say err on the side of the positive, right? Because unless things are clear, decided, um, but if it's, if it's not, if, if, if it's, if it's in, in a situation of discussion, then don't go to doomsday scenario because that also doesn't help anyone. Um, so it's, it's, it's that balance between openness, transparency, treating someone like an adult and erring on the side of positive, um, that I would say to them. And, and as the HR, as the employee, so let's now assume that Laura comes and opens up the conversation, then I would say to Laura, um, you know, don't only go asking questions about, you know, what does this now mean, but also maybe come a little bit more prepared with um, what is it that you could do? If not this, then what else could there be? Um, in what way would your skills be transferable? Um, this could be either th thoughts that you have yourself where you're asking for confirmation, if they would see it similarly, um, or where you're asking for support uh, because, you know, maybe, maybe you would like your manager or HR to connect you in a way, shape or form, or because you're keen on participating in projects or whatever. So, so I think, yes, your purpose, hopefully, when you open up that conversation is, is dual. So it can be a purpose of, on the one hand, clarity, but on the other hand, also being proactive to start thinking ahead of what this could mean. And I, I guess now with Corona and, and, and so many um, different industries experiencing huge pressure in a way, right? It, it may also be around in what way could my role become different or in what way could there be other things that are more important? So to start thinking ahead um, and to open up dialogue around that, I would say, you know, if I have an employee like that in my organization, I would also find that hugely valuable that they're proactive and they're thinking ahead. I would think, okay, that's someone that has a lot to offer. And I would be keen to then say, okay, in what way can I support that individual either here or outside of the organization? So it's, it's good business to be proactive, right? It absolutely is good business to be proactive and to take leadership of your life as opposed to be led by it and by the many events that impact all of us at some stage and maybe actually at multiple stages of our lives too. Should you be interested to listen to part two, you already know to subscribe either at the Transistor website or my website, palagramati.com, and you'll have access to the second part of this episode. 
And by the way, a couple of reminders. If you've subscribed once, you don't need to subscribe twice. You're already part of the community. And secondly, feel free to forward the link to those who you believe could benefit from these listening sessions. Thanks as always. Till the next time, take care.